Welcome to Take Him With You. It's May 3rd, 2009, and you're listening to the podcast that's spiritual, not religious. This week we'll talk about searching for the new Star Trek phaser, how to overcome anxiety, and more. Well, hi there. Thanks for joining me for Take Him With You. It's the May 3rd edition, 2009. We're going to be talking about all sorts of great stuff today. I'm going to uh, show you my new amplifier I got for the worship gig that I'm doing. And uh, all sorts of other cool things. You're going to really like it. Plus, we're going to talk about how to overcome anxiety on a program called That's a Relief. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. And it's time for What's Happening at Rick's House on Take Him With You. So I have to admit that um, I am not the biggest collector of like collectible items, like movie items and Star Trek things. I have a few comic books, just a few. And um, I was really blessed the other day. My friend Jerry got me the entire line of Pez original, the original cast Star Trek uh, candy dispensers. I got them sitting here right now. I'll have to put a, some pictures up in the podcast notes. But I've got the whole cast, plus the Enterprise. That's kind of cool. And the candy and everything. You can open them up and they'll give you Pez candy. But they're in the they're in the collector set series thing, and I haven't opened them. Because I think they're cool looking, just all lined up like Star Trek Hall of Fame. It's cool. But anyway, I don't, uh, I don't do a lot of collecting of things. Um, I have a few toys that I like to play with. Like the other day at Walmart, I was going through uh, Walmart. Okay, it was a while back, and they had one of these cool ray guns. The I thought that was cool. Of course, my wife made me put it in the closet because she doesn't want to hear it anymore. Yep. Anyway, um, I went searching. I just went searching because I realized uh, um, some of my friends on the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum were getting these really cool things to go along with the new Star Trek movie like phasers and tricorders and communicators and stuff. And I thought, far out. Because they were made by, um, I think, by Playmates. Um, and that, of course, is uh, cheap. Well, I mean, inexpensive compared to some of the collectibles that are out there. So I went searching for a Star Trek phaser. I figured 
I could live without the communicator even though I want one. I could live without the tricorder even though that would be great, but I can't live without the new phaser from the Star Trek movie. So I went searching and well, really around here we don't have toys a lot of toy stores. I mean, we have Rite Aid, which used to be Payless, which when I was a kid had all the cool toys. So I was um, out doing my studying and getting ready for this podcast and walked over to the Rite Aid, got in, and they didn't have any toys that were cool. I was really quite sad. It used to be the place. Not anymore, I guess. So I asked the clerk, do you guys have any Star Trek toys? And she said, oh, honey, we haven't had those kind of things in years. And I'm like, yeah, I'm old. So then I, um, I walked over to Walmart thinking that maybe Walmart had some Star Trek toys. And so I... I walked through the toy section, and I did find, I found some action figures, the big ones and the smaller ones, and they were like, I think $5.97 a piece for the for the action figures, and then $8.97 for the larger ones, and they had Spock and Kirk and Uhura and a couple others, and oh, um, Nero and a couple of others, but I wasn't interested in those. Why do they call them action figures? Because they don't do anything. Anyway, but, I mean, they're not very active. That's what I think. But they are cool. I have a few action figures too, but I don't know where they are. That's how much I like action figures, not too much. But uh, I think it's really cool. And I have some friends that collect action figures, and they have cool action figures. They have like them all still in the box. Or my friend uh, Jeff from Canada, he has like awesome, awesome collect. Uh, he's collected tons of different action figures, and he does these things. I can't. I don't know how to say the Kubricks. Is that the name of them? They're really cool, though. He has. He just got the ones from Lost, and they're just awesome looking. I'm just totally impressed. But anyway, I'm just not into that because, well, first of all, I just don't want to spend the money on it. And second, I don't have any room to put them. I think if I had the money and the room to put them, I'd probably collect them. But I don't. Anyway, long story short, and I'll, the other thing I found was the Enterprise full with lights and everything for $29. And there it was. It was so cool looking. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted a phaser. So I searched and searched high, and I searched low, and I could not find. I found Star Wars. I found Transformers. I found uh, little Barbie things, but no Star Trek phaser. I'm bummed. So it looks like if I'm going to get one of those, I better snag it quick on the Internet before the movie comes out because then there won't be any left. Either that or they're going to saturate the market like they did with Star Wars Phantom Menace. And everywhere you go, there'll be a Star Trek phaser. That's probably what's going to happen. But anyway, so I searched for the phaser, and I did not find it. I didn't find my phaser. I'm not very happy about that, but that's all right. I'll get over it. I don't need a phaser, right? Maybe if I'm, like, up towards Olympia, I'll go to Toys R Us or something. I bet they have it. Well, anyway, no Star Trek phasers in Aberdeen. Oh, okay. All right. Um, oh, I got a brand new thing that I want to show you or have you listen to. Um, I'm doing a, um, or I did a worship um, gig and I had to hit, get an amplifier for my guitar. Um, and it's really cool. I found this really great deal on one. It's a, um, it's called a custom and it's got a couple 12 inch speakers on it. But I thought I'd play it for you and let you see what you think of my new amplifier. So. Here it is. I'm gonna turn it kind of hissy sounding when you turn it on, but um, kind of got some nice sound to it. Okay. 
anyway, I'm doing some cool songs like um, I like this one. You know that I love you. You know that I want to know you so much more, more than I have before. I love that one. That goes up. Jesus, you are the savior of my soul. And forever and ever I'll give my praises to you. Hey, it's got some nice fuzz tone to it, doesn't it? Isn't that awesome? I'll do another one um, that goes up. I will make my boast in how's it go? I will make my boast in Christ alone. And I will make my boast in Christ alone. There he goes. I will boast in the Lord my God. I will boast in the one who's worthy. I will boast in the Lord my God. I will boast in the one who's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Isn't that nice? Got a cool sound. I like this too, though. It's got a whammy bar. My guitar. love that it's so much fun now i better shut it off because it's just you know i could just have too much fun anyway cool new amplifier and it cost me really really a tiny bit of money it wasn't even hardly i was shocked at the price and so i bought it so now i have a, a an amplifier that i can use on live gigs very fun plug my electric and my acoustic into it very fun I don't know about where you live but where i live it's been real nice out lately so the at nighttime it's been um Well, it's been cold, but it hasn't been cloudy, which is really rare for around here. We have a lot of clouds and a lot of rain. So uh, I took the opportunity to go out for the very first time this year and go stargazing. We have a trampoline in our front yard, and the kids, you know, like to jump on it and everything. Well, I go out, put a a blanket and a pillow on there, and look straight up at the sky, at the stars. And we live fairly out of the city, so we don't have a whole lot of um, light contamination, so you can actually see the stars pretty well. But... Uh, really enjoy it. I, I put my iPod on and I'll play instrumental music or I'll listen to a podcast and just watch the stars. And it's fabulous, very restful, relaxing time. And it just opens up my head to wonder. And, and it's just wonderful to look at the cool, you know, galaxy and, and solar system from right down on Earth. At first, I had a hard time, though, because I would get dizzy when I looked up. Uh, and, you know, you all, I don't know, I'm afraid of heights. And that kind of gave me some weird feelings and finally I just said no way I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these stars and so I just did. Got Picked up a re- really cool book on stargazing and it taught me a lot of different things like uh, did you know that if you really want to see the stars as optimal as you can you should sit in a dark room prepare your, where you're going to watch stars and everything but sit in a dark room 
with no light in it for a half hour to an hour before you go out and go stargazing. And the reason for it is your eyes will get adjusted so that you can see more clearly the stars. I did not know that. See, every time I go out and start playing with my iPod, I contaminate my eyes, and then it takes a long time for me to be able to see clearly when I'm looking up at the stars. I thought that was kind of a cool little fact that I did not know. So now I try to you know, spend 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, in, in the dark before I go out into the stargazing world so that I can see the stars better. And you know it really works. It's really cool. Um, the other thing I was thinking about doing, and maybe you can give me some feedback on this, I was thinking about actually doing an instrumental electronic album or a, or a download just for stargazing, about an hour's worth of music that would go along with watching the stars. And I, I, if that is something that you think would be really cool, and if I didn't charge a whole lot for it, maybe you know five, ten bucks for something for an hour worth of music that you could plug into your iPod and, and look up and gaze up at the stars and dream a little bit, would that be something that you would like? Because I'll, I'll actually start working on that if that's something that you think you would enjoy. I might do it just for me anyway, but uh, anyway, I'm going to probably call it stargazing or stargazer or something like that. And if you think that's something that you would like, would you email me and let me know if you think that's a good idea? Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. That's Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. That would be very, very cool if you would uh, let me know if you think that's a good idea or not. And if, uh, if enough people say, yeah, I'll put together a really cool uh, download that you can uh, go out and look at the stars on some nice summer evening and, and maybe share the, you know, put a headphone splitter on, share it with a few people or friends, and you guys can all go out and, and dream a little bit as you look up at the heavens. Very cool stuff. I, stargazing is, is very inspirational to me. Well, let's see. Uh, what else is going on around our house? Gosh, we've had... We went up and visited my sister and my mom and dad. My sister and her family live up on an island called Bainbridge. We had a great time. We got, went up there and watched uh, Kiss Me Kate, a high school production that was going on. And uh, their foreign exchange student from Japan, Momoko, was in it. And we got to uh, watch her. She was one of the stars. She did a great job. And it was fun to watch theater. I used to be in theater in, in high school. And, of course, I've written several dramas and musicals over my, uh, my career. And it's been really fun. I, I, I've, some of them I've starred in, some of them I haven't, but I uh, have had a great time. I love theater, drama, music, that kind of thing. So that was really a, a pleasure and a, and a treat to go watch uh, a, a whole musical that I didn't have to do anything but just watch. It was fun. And then, of course, we got to spend the night at my sister's house, and that's always fun. They live on a little farm, so uh, she's got horses and um, she's got uh, goats and chickens and dogs and cats and, you know, the, it's a farm. And it's really a lot of fun. There's this one horse that she has. is His name is Jake. And he's just like a big dog. It's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, the day we got there, they had just the day before, they had gotten a colony of bees on their property that they ordered. Ordered 10,000 bees and they honeybees. And you bring them in and you put them in this little... Uh, container and you open up the queen's chamber and she starts to produce eggs and lays eggs and the colony flourishes and thrives flourishes that's interesting anyway the more bees you have on your property with the garden and the fruit trees and different things like that you will actually yield more fruit and more vegetables and things if you have more bees on your property and i guess uh that's a cool project to work on so my uh, niece caitlin is working on that project for school and going to talk all about how they raised and farmed bees 
And of course, that's very cool. So I got to watch my brother-in-law open up the colony and put some sugar water in there because I, at first they need that, but then they start making their own honey and that's what they eat. So uh, fascinating stuff. We had a really great weekend. It was just fun to visit. It was so good. My dad's doing so much better, you know, after he had all the heart problems. They put a couple stints in his artery, and he just he feels 75% better than he has. And that's just great to see him feeling good. And uh, he and Andrew and my brother-in-law put uh, some netting over the garden so that the deer and the birds wouldn't eat all the vegetables and the berries and stuff as they grow. And we just had a really good weekend just enjoying our family. Very, very fun. The Moyers had fun. It's good to get away once in a while. I sit in front of the computer screen way too much, even though I like everybody that I talk to. Sometimes it's good to get out in the fresh air and just go and have fun. So that's what we did. Very, very cool. All right. Well, I'll be back in just a moment with words of wisdom. And then, of course, we'll get to the subject today called That's a Relief, Overcoming Anxiety. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You, why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) You know, Jenny and Kenny do such a fun job. They're so good together on that podcast. You need to listen. It's very, very good. Well, it's time once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Today we're in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. And we're in the New Living Translation today. It says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there all alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and then the disciples worshipped him really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. This is such an amazing passage of Scripture. Now you understand when when people talk about Jesus walking on the water, where it comes from. That's where that story comes from. I think it's very interesting, especially since we're going to be talking about anxiety and worry and, and fear today on the podcast. Interesting that this set of Scripture is really a cool story of how if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we don't look at all the stuff around us, We won't sink. We won't fall into the water. We can stay above our circumstances. Isn't that an interesting analogy of that story? 
that if we'll keep our eyes on God and what he's called us to do, come to him, then everything else around us should take care of itself and we should be able to rise above our circumstances and walk with him. Wow. Talk about some great words of wisdom right here on Take Him With You. Hi, I'm Rick Moyer, and I have to confess to you that I am an anomaly. It's true. I'm a geek, and I'm a really bad geek. Not in the terms of being mean or evil, but, you know, I'm just geeky. I like geeky things, and I'm just sad at the lack of geeky music that's out there. You know what I mean? I mean... Who likes to listen to the pop hits of today's musicians? I I don't. I I like the catchy tunes and everything, but they just don't satisfy the geek within me. And so, I borrowed their music and I made it my own. (laughs) And so, that's why I do what I do. I want you to listen to some of my favorites, like, We Will Spock You. Buddy, you're a Vulcan, make an eyebrow, raisin on your face, gonna be in Starfleet someday, you got green on your face. Pointed ears graced, spouting big statistics all over the place. We will, we will spock you. Or how about TNG? Or it's the mere universe. It's a mere universe. I've always wanted to be a robot gunslinger cowboy. I want to be a robot gunslinger cowboy. I want to be a robot gunslinger cowboy. How about Gamma Hydra 4? Will you still test me? Hypo-inject me on Gamma Hydra 4. Or humans playing Dom Jot. Humans playing Dom Jot. Just some humans playing Dom Jot. Humans playing Dom Jot. The Mexican way. Hey, it's all over at www.christrocks.com slash parody. That's me, Rick Moyer, and that's the site you can download all sorts of free MP3s. Not only are there parody music there, but there's all sorts of other cool music there, too. All free and fun, just for the geeks like me and you. I am an anomaly, and I really like the Anomaly Podcast. Thanks, Jen and Angela. (laughs) No, I don't think he likes you at all. (laughs) No, I don't like you either. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes. Because it's not much dialogue. And because <clears throat> George Lucas didn't write all the <coughs> dialogue. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com.
You know, I'm so glad I've made such cool friends over the internet uh, who do their own podcasts like Jan and Angela and uh, my friend Meds and uh, Kenny and Jenny and Rico and just the list goes on. There's such great people. Jeff, I, I, can, I, I, I don't have time to name them all, but I, I just want to say this. Thanks, everybody, for such a cool community of people that we have same interests and we love to talk about what we love and it's fun to share our programs with one another and turn people on to brand new kind of looking at things and it's just very very cool and what a way to just open up our hearts and our minds to the world around us it's very cool um, i wanted to let uh, you know that today's podcast is a very special podcast because i think a lot of people deal with anxiety stress fear those kind of things in their lives and I am not immune to those. I, I Please understand that when we deal with a topic or a, a thing here on Take Him With You, when I'm talking about it, I try not to talk about things that I don't know anything about. <laughs> Does that make sense? I've always thought people are windbags when they talk about things they don't know. And so I'm going to speak from experience today because I've gone through an awful lot of stress and anxiety over the last few years in my job and a lot of different things have happened to us over the years, yet at the same time we're still standing and I think uh, we're doing okay and we're making it through But it, and life is exciting and it's fun and I'd love to be able to share some things with you that will help you in your journey in life. So that's coming up in just a moment, but first I just wanted to ask if you would consider doing something for us. I hate begging for money, but I'm not, I'm not afraid of asking for help. If that makes sense. So let me just say this. Um, I'll just be up front with you. We are here at the Moyer household. We are trying an experiment of doing podcasting full time in our newsletter that we do every week. We do a newsletter called the Weekly Encouragement. Every Monday morning, Amy and I send out a newsletter with tips on how to change our attitude and how, you know, tips on saving money and just all sorts of really cool things are in the newsletter with links to programs you can listen to and websites you can go to. And we just have a great time doing that. And we're asking if if everybody that listens to this podcast would give a little bit each month monetarily, just a little bit, we would have more than enough to take care of our household. Now, uh, just a little update. My wife uh, did go out looking for a job and she's got a job. And so she's been working too. And so that's been helping our income a little bit. And then I'm trying to do this full time. And, you know, it's, it was hard at first. Things, you know, started off a little bit rocky. And then we had a couple of good months and then things went down a little bit too. So if you are uh, listening to the podcast and you can spare an extra 20, 25 bucks or something, do me a favor, go over to our website, click on donate and send that in, or just sign up for the newsletter for $20 a month. And and that would be cool too. Now I understand too, that if you're struggling and you're going through a rough time financially, we don't want to be a burden on you, but we still want to encourage you. So if you don't have the money for the newsletter, you can sign up anyway, and I will send it a, a complimentary copy of the newsletter to you uh, each week to encourage you. And then if you get some extra money or something comes in or whatever and you feel led to, you can uh, catch up with us or you can or you can just send in a one-time donation or something like that. We'd be more than happy to do that. We really don't want to get into this trying to, you know... Um, get rich off of people listening to the podcast. That's not what we're into. We just want to pay the bills and be able to encourage people every week. So I'm being as honest and straightforward with you as I can. Any bit would help. We have some families that are giving way more than $20 a month, and that's helping a lot. Uh, but we need a few more families that would do that or a few more individuals that could say, well, I really believe in what you're doing, Rick. You're reaching a lot of different people. And, you know, it's uh, maybe I, maybe you don't go to church or whatever, but uh, 
you like the message that we're talking about and, and we are helping people. We get emails every week from people from all around the world that are really being helped by the podcast. They're really being encouraged and their walk with God is is getting stronger as a result of it. They're exploring their faith for the first time or maybe they're rediscovering what they've been missing. You know, I, I don't know. There's just tons of people that write in and it's really effective. So I don't want to sit here and brag and try to, you know, be presumptuous or anything. So just I'm just asking if you could help us. That would be great. Uh, send your donations into uh, uh, the PayPal account that we have on the website at takehimwithyou.com or sign up for the newsletter and just follow the instructions there. Any little bit would be very, very helpful to us at this point in time. So enough of that. I think it's time, yes it is, for Food for Thought on Take Him With You. remember when I first gave my heart over to God and how some of my friends really thought that God was just like a crutch in my life, like I needed something. I couldn't make it on my own, so I was resorting to some type of thing that would take care of me or justify why I was the way I was. I don't know. There was a lot of different speculation to why I gave my heart to God, but really plain and simple, I needed God. I knew that there was a God, I just didn't know who he was, and when I was introduced to Christ at that rock concert that I told you about before on the Green Fog and Electric Guitar podcast, um, my whole life kind of changed, you know? But really, it's really interesting to see, uh, when we go through life as human beings, uh, one of the biggest questions that I think people have about God is, if, if God is there and he's good, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a great question, and it's one that we should talk about. First off, I I think we do a lot of blaming God for things that really aren't his fault. And we do live in a world where things go wrong, things bad happen, because, you know, some people will say, well— isn't God, shouldn't God just intervene on every situation? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think God has set things into motion, and if we'll serve him and follow him, we're not guaranteed that everything will go just smooth. But at least we'll have somebody to go through the tough times with. I mean, life in general just isn't fair. <laughs> I mean, have you ever noticed that? I mean, sometimes you'll go through seasons where things go really well for you or for me, and, and then other times we'll have seasons where it just seems like we're just getting kicked every time we're down. And and I, I don't understand all that. It doesn't make a lot of sense. All all I know is that we live in a world where bad things happen, and we just have to learn how to deal with it. And how we deal with the things that happen to us are almost more important than what happens to us. Does that make sense? And and really, today I wanted to talk about um, some of the experiences I've had with anxiety. Now, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things that... Um, that I've had to deal with, and I've gone to counseling and gotten a lot of help for this, is how other people think about me or feel about me or what I think they think about me. I think there's there's the person that we are, there's the person that we want people to think we are, and then there's the person we think we are. And those don't always match up. If You know, if you think about your life and my life, we don't always match up with the things that we believe about ourselves. Sometimes we act differently than we want to. Other times uh, people paint a picture of us or whatever that isn't true and it just bugs the crud out of us. I just know here are some of the symptoms of not or of, of having anxiety problems and being afraid. 
Um, you need to eat a lot of Tums. There's a lot of indigestion and heartburn. Um, you're not able to sleep. Um, gosh, you're you're a little bit paranoid sometimes. Um, you just feel overwhelmed all the time. If, I don't know if I'm describing you or not, but I certainly am describing me at times, times when I've been totally stressed out and had a lot of anxiety. Really, the root of anxiety is fear, fear and control. And I want to talk about that today because I think it's really important that we explore that side of us. A lot of us are fearful of the future because we don't know what's going to happen. And the one of the reasons we're afraid is because we have no control over what happens next. Now, I know that there's people who say, well, take control of your destiny, start to make steps here and there. Well, we can do that. I mean, we can make little changes here. It's the little things that make up the, the grand you know, successes in our life. I mean, like if you brush your teeth every day, that doesn't seem like that's really exciting. But in the end, you have a nice mouth and you don't have cavities. But if you neglect that, a little thing every day, then by the, by the time you get down the road a ways, it may be kind of bad. So what I'm saying is that if we make a plan every day to have some successful things in our life, then down the road, uh, we will see that success. But we've got to do little things every day. So fear really um, is what comes comes in sometimes, and it messes up our minds, and it, it hurts us because we want to control what happens to us. And there's just some things that we can't control. First off, we can't control other people. We don't have the right to control other people. I mean, unless there are kids, and then even then it's hard to control them. I mean, they do what they want to do sometimes, you know. Uh, I mean, we can set up rules, and we can we can help people abide by those rules and so on and so forth. But really, in an adult life with adult people around us, there's not much we can do uh, other than avoid some people's behavior or set some boundaries and say, I don't want this going on. There really isn't anything we can do to control other people. People have their own will, as do we. We have our own will. We can control our own world. We can control our own actions, but we really can't control other people's actions. And sometimes that's hard to accept. And as a result of that, sometimes there can be a lot of anxiety and fear in our lives. I read this really interesting passage of Scripture, and I want to read it to you because I think it it speaks to just about every single one of us about anxiety and fear. And it's in, I believe, I think we're in, um, I think it's Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. And I want to read this to you because I think it really, really, I think it's something that we can talk about afterwards and it'll kind of springboard us into uh, what we're supposed to be thinking about. Okay, so in verse 19 of chapter 6, it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now, let's stop there for a moment, and I, w- I want to talk about that, because in today's world, I think a lot of times we get a lot of stress and anxieties over money, over where we put our money, what we're investing in, what we have an investment in. And right now, with the world being the way it is, and the economy up and down so much, Boy, it's hard to put your faith and your trust in money, isn't it? Because it just goes, one minute you have it, and the next minute you don't. I mean, if you pay bills, you know what I'm talking about. You get your paycheck, and then boom, it's gone. And it's like, wow, this is really, really tough. 
But do you notice what Jesus says here? He says, don't hoard up your treasure, treasures on earth where it can be stolen or it can get taken out from underneath you, but stockpile your treasure in heaven. See, what he's saying is, don't concentrate so much on the riches and getting, but concentrate on eternal things like heaven and helping people and giving. That's a whole different perspective than holding on to what you have. And see, it's different than what we are taught every day in life. Anxiety comes when we're selfish, and I'm not I'm try, not trying to be mean or anything, but I mean, I, I do this too. Anxiety comes when we're trying to control what happens to us instead of thinking about what we can do to help others. Now, that's not always the case. I mean, there's lots of things that happen. But I think that's really interesting that Jesus talks, hey, stockpile your treasure in heaven. How do you do that? How are you supposed to get stuff stored up in heaven? Well, it has a lot to do with how you treat other people. It has a lot to do on what we concentrate on. Now listen to this in verse 22. He says, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you'll have. And I'm going to stop there again. Isn't that totally true? When we are selfish and when we're just looking out for what we can get, mine, 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 give me, give me, give me, my name is Jimmy, you know, that kind of thing. What happens? We just kind of, we lock down our life into this yucky, squinty-eyed, living-in-the-cellar type of life. But people that open up their heart to something bigger, something better, that's like opening the blinds and letting the light come in. It's just, there's something therapeutic about it when you say, you know what, I can't, I don't have control over all this anyway. God, what do you want for my life? And you just kind of open up your life to him, and the, and the sunshine comes in. Now, Jesus says something that's really fascinating here. He says, in verse 24, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. And boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Have you found, and I have found this, in my life, the more I concentrate on money, the more sad and and anxiety and stress and worry comes into my life. I don't worry and get anxiety and stuff when I'm concentrating on God, when I'm searching after what God wants for my life, and I'm concentrating on helping people. That doesn't stress me out. But stressing me out is is what I'm concentrating on. How am I going to make it? How am I going to do this? And I look at all the problems, and I don't look at the, the, the problem solver. But isn't it interesting that if we, if we concentrate, you can't serve two gods at once. You either serve one or you hate the other. And, and I'm finding more and more that... Um, Gosh, I really love money, and it's really not a good thing for me. I mean, it's good to pay my bills, and it's good to to you know be be comfortable and everything. But boy, if that's all we concentrate on, we're missing out on life. Because in the end, I'll tell you this one thing: when my grandpa Hanson, when he was on his deathbed, he had nine hundred dollars cash in his fanny pack, and he was, I don't know how old he was, seventy six, seventy seven years old, and he didn't go anywhere. So why did he need nine hundred dollars in his fanny pack? He kept it close to him because he loved money. But when he passed away, guess what? He didn't take the money with him. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget going, oh, wow, he loved it so much he kept it close to him. I mean, he had much more in the bank and everything, but, you know, the bottom line was 
He really loved that money. And, you know, on his deathbed, he did not tell us he wished he had more money. I could see he wished he would have spent more time with his grandkids and his family and in and, and relationships because that's what we think about. We don't think about how much money we made when we're passing away because really that's not what life is all about, is it? But how much stress do we put in? How much worry and anxiety do we put in just to pay the bills? Hmm. It's something worth looking at. And perhaps if we would concentrate on God, he would take care of our needs. And I think that's what he says as we as we come up here. Now watch this. It says in verse 25, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes on your in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than food that you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Isn't that cool? Jesus is talking here and he's explaining to people, look at if you'll follow after God, you need to understand it's not about the food you put on the table or the clothes you wear. It's about I'll take care of you. It's about the fact that if God can take care of the birds that fly around and eat, he certainly can take care of us, his creations, his the people that he loves. Isn't that cool? Now watch this. Here, here he, he stresses, uh, stresses, <laughs> that's ironic. He, he talks about um, how stress doesn't help anybody. In verse 27, it says, Has anyone, by fussing in front of the mirror, even got a, a taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much of a difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like that? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. And if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep in your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now those, that I mean, that is an incredible passage of Scripture. Because I think what we're seeing here is we're supposed to be concentrating on the solution, not the problem. And I think the bottom line is it's trust in God. Do we trust that God can take care of our lives? And I think a lot of times we don't. I don't. I mean, a lot of times I think, well, how am I going to pay this bill? Or how are we going to make it this next month if the money's not coming in? Or this or that. How am I going to do this? I concentrate on that more than I do on, God, what do you want for me to do today? And, and how can I help somebody? And I'm not going to worry about that. You'll take care of it. I mean, it's not like we have to just throw everything out the window and be carefree and careless and, and be stupid about it. But I think God is trying to say something to us through this, this scripture here. He's trying to say what we concentrate on is really important. 
And if we're always concentrating on what we don't have instead of what we do have, we're in trouble. And I, and I think we, we slip really fast in that. There's an amazing thing called the Serenity Prayer that I'm used to, to reading in my Celebrate Recovery Bible. And I'd like to read it for you, the Serenity Prayer, because I think it really, <laughs> it really helps when we come to grips with the fact that perhaps we can't, you know, we can change the things that we're in control of, but we can't change things that we're not. And we need to just relax into the fact that God will provide for us. Here's how the prayer goes. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Isn't that, that's just so awesome. There's a another part to it that says, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. That is just so interesting because I think sometimes we really want to control our situation. And and my son has a shirt that has a um, like a Nintendo, or maybe it's an Xbox controller on the outside, and then it says uh, uh, it says Control Freak on it. And you know, a lot of us are control freaks. We really want to control our own world, but you know, that's just not really. It's not really true. We can't control every aspect of our lives. We really can't. There are things beyond our our ability to control, and that's where we have to relax and trust that God can take care of us. And if it does get messed up, he can certainly walk through it with us and help us through the rough times. I think it's really, really interesting that in the Bible it talks about how people were created. And the Bible says that God created us in his image. And people have debated over that over the years, but really, um, I really believe that God is, you know, you've heard of the term the Trinity, well, God created human beings very similar to a trinity. A, they, we are a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. And our spirit is that thing that connects with God. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And our body is this tent that we live in. So we have three parts of us. And, and a lot of times people live in just two parts. and They don't, they don't feed their spirit, so they live with their mind, their will, and their, and their emotions, and that affects their body. But they don't engage in the spiritual activity which they were created for, which we were created for. And that's why a lot of people are spiritually dead or dormant or just don't have, they don't understand spiritual things because they haven't explored that part of their, um, of their life. But I really think in order to be healthy in this life, we need to explore our spirit, soul, and body. And really, the root of anxiety in our life is fear. Now, I've got a few things that that my counselor has helped me with that I think that you might like practically that would help. So the number one thing we need to do is give it over to God. And I know maybe you're not a spiritual person or maybe you're not a, you know, a religious person, but you don't have to be religious. Remember, I don't think religion is cool. I think a relationship with God is cool, but religion is just, you know, whatever. It's just, it gets all messed up. Men mess it all up. Women mess it all up. But um, a relationship with God is really cool. And so I think the first thing that we can do, even if you're not a religious person, you can be a spiritual person by just simply submitting your life over to God and saying, you know what? I can't control everything here, God, and I've got to trust that you can. So I'm going to give this over to you right now. 
So that's the first thing we can do when we're when we have anxiety and fear and a lot of things are tripping us up. Pause for just one moment and give it over to God. Look, I lost my job. This is really hurting. This is I'm been there for a long time. It's scary. And then you just the mind starts going, you can't sleep, and you get all worked up and you're indigestion. Stop for a moment and take it to God. God, you know I lost my job. And I need your help. I have no control over this. Help me to find another one. Help me to do whatever you want me to do. But I'm just going to stop right now. Give it over my care into your hands. Take care of it. That's the first thing. Then the the second thing that um, I really got help with from my counselor was a worst thing called the worst case scenario. I don't know if you're like me, but I like to write lists. And I, I like to write things out. It helps me process. I like to journal. I like to write. I like to write things down on paper or onto my word processor on the computer or onto my iPod, um, my iPod Touch. Or I just like to work thing, th- through things. Well, you know, there's always it always could be worse for us. And so worst-case scenario is interesting. If you write down, what's the worst possible outcome of what's going on right now? And then you start to look at that, and then you start to look at it rationally and say, what's the best possible thing? If you work those things out and look at them on paper, it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. And especially if you start thinking rationally, if you say, well, now, wait a second, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm upset and, and I'm worked up over this, but really tomorrow this isn't going to be as bad as it was today. And so on and so forth. When you start writing things down and you make a list of what's rational and what's irrational in what I'm thinking, you know, watch for things like, well, everybody, this always happens, or everybody's saying this, or, you know, those terms are pretty extreme. You know, the fact is that it doesn't happen to everybody. The fact is that not everybody's talking about this. The, the, you know, really, a lot of times we jump to places that we shouldn't jump to because we're not thinking rationally. So the first thing is to calm down and give it over to God. The second is to write it out, look at what the worst case scenario could be, and then make preparations. You don't have to, you don't have to plan for the worst. You should actually plan for the best, but have a backup plan just in case. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's good to look at it logically and when you're calm, not worked up. (laughs) And then it's always good to have somebody else look at it with you. You know, sometimes we can work ourselves up into a frenzy and we don't we we may not we may not share it with a friend or our spouse or our, our partner or whatever, and we really should. We really should take the time to talk it out with somebody and look at what's really going on. Because a lot of times we work it up in our own head and it's way worse than it would be if we shared it with a friend. And you know, there's a Lots of scriptures in the Bible about that, about sharing with our friends and sharing with God first and then our friends and and then praying for one another and, and getting some help there. So first thing is we give it over to God. Second thing, you know, write it out and take a look at where you're at, what's going on in my life and what's rational, what's irrational. And remember, fear is an interesting thing. The acronym false evidence that appears real. A lot of time when we're afraid, it's because we are we're, we are looking at false things that appear real to us, and that's what stops us from achieving all that God wants for us is because we, we get scared. And, you know, fear is the exact opposite of faith. So whereas fear would be false evidence that appears real, faith would be the fact that, that, that you hope for a great outcome according to what God wants for you. 
And that's totally different than fear. Most of the time, we're afraid of things that are unknown to us, something that's coming up ahead of us that we've never been there before or we've never experienced it before. And so we start to freak out and get some anxiety or we just we just start worrying because we're not trusting that God has our backs. And I know that's that's hard to do sometimes. But really, most of the time, what we're fearing, what we're in anxiety over is over, we can't really do anything about. And the things that we can do something about, that's what we need to move on. And then trust that God has the rest of it taken care of. And then last but not least, I think another practical way for um, overcoming anxiety is to make sure we're getting enough sleep and make sure that we're getting a little bit of exercise, get out there walking or or take the stairs or whatever we need to do to get a little bit active because our physical body comes into play here and it's really important that we have some stress relief like that. But you know, one of the biggest things you can do is you can, um, I know some people that meditate and, and I want to talk about meditation just a little bit. I'm not talking about meditation. You know, there's a lot of religions and stuff that do meditating. But in my particular faith where I'm a Christian or a believer in Christ, I think what meditation means is to calm down, to relax, and for a moment in times, take a moment of time and think about what God says about whatever the situation is. You know, find a scripture on it or think about the good things in our life or just concentrate on God for a while. That to me, you know, the the Bible says to meditate on the word day and night and the word is, is the Bible. So, you know, you can, meditation really is just concentrating, having some concentration time. And I think it's really important that we concentrate on God once in a while. I think that's very important. And it certainly helps with anxiety and fear. People have asked me before what I think about um, like taking drugs, you know, like if a counselor recommends you get on antidepressants or things like that. And and I have to say that I think God uses all sorts of different ways to help us with anxiety. And if that's important, if there's a chemical imbalance, I believe in that. I mean, I believe that that really does happen and, and there are, there are some medications that can help with it. But I think as a, as a general rule, I think a lot of just giving our lives over to God in a, in a tangible way really helps a lot with stress and anxiety and fear. And that's certainly the first option, you know, and if that doesn't help, um, then of course you should seek out a professional and, you know, and talk with them and see what they can do to help as well. I know for me, journaling my thoughts and talking out with a friend and praying really helps me when it comes to anxiety. And getting a different perspective by reading the Bible and, and realizing that things aren't as bad as they as they may appear to be sometimes in my life. And that's really, really important. Remember when I talked about spirit, soul, body, there are things in our body that can affect our um our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So so it's it's spiritual and it's physical. So I think you know, we need to look at more of a holistic way of treating our lives when it comes to anxiety. So there are things we can do in the natural and things we can do in the spirit. But I think it starts in the spirit. If you will open up your heart like I have to God and just say, you know, I need your help, Lord. I cast my cares on you. That's a scripture because I know you care for me. So that's a good thing. So I encourage you to do that. I'm going to say a a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for your peace that really helps us out. When we don't know what to do, we just hand it over to you. And we ask you, God, to help us to see the solutions and to see the um, the answer, not necessarily the problem. Give us wisdom on how to uh, deal with things that we can deal with and help us to accept things that we can't uh, change and, and deal with them accordingly. 
And I just thank you, Lord, for taking and easing anxiety in our lives because you care about us so much. Would you help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to um, end the program today with a song uh, by a group called The Allies. They, um, the guy that uh, sings for them is the guy that uh, sang that song, Butterfly Kisses, that was so popular, Bob Carlyle. Way back in the 80s, this band, uh, I got to see them live and everything, and they uh, did some stuff called, uh, in a band called The Allies. And this song is called Don't You Worry, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I'll be back very briefly at the end to wrap things up and then introduce next week's subject.
There you go, the Allies, with the song Don't You Worry. Lead singer there is Bob Carlyle, guy famous for the Butterfly Kisses song that was so popular. I hope you really enjoyed today's show, and, and I hope it was practical enough to help. You know, the worst thing in the world is when we're stressed out and we've got anxiety going on, and there are so many practical things we can do to ease that stress especially when we give our lives over to God and just trust that he can take care of us no matter what happens, that he is in control. That's always a helpful thing uh, to do. Next week, I just want to let you know, we are going to have a great show. There are things called spiritual gifts. I believe that every person on the planet has spiritual gifts that God has given. The question is, what type of spiritual gifts do you have? I'm going to introduce to you a little test that you can take to determine what your spiritual gift is. I think it's going to be a very entertaining, fun, and informative podcast next week. Uh, the, the whole title of it is going to be, What the Heck Am I? And it should be very, very cool. I think I think you'll really enjoy the show as you find out uh, what your spiritual gift is. It's going to be very fun. So uh, please join me again for that uh, coming up next Sunday. It'll be great. I'll take him with you. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. How cool is this podcast? That means that you excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you finish listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On.